Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Adventure Girl podcast. I'm Deanna with my co-host, Michelle, on the line. Hello. And today is a super special episode. We have our very first guest, uh, Dallas Leva. Say hi. Woohoo. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Uh, So, you know, in a second here, I'm going to pass the the mic over to Michelle. Uh, She has a fun little icebreaker. Uh, I really just wanted to first um, say how excited I am to have Dallas uh, as our first guest. Uh, We met a couple years ago through my husband, Nick. Uh, She was part of their super exciting Jeep crew. Um, Just one of the guys doing all the crazy adventure stuff with them. Uh, (laughs) That's how I got to meet her. So glad I did. Um, It's really fitting. She's our first guest. Uh, She really is like the ultimate adventure girl. Like whenever I look at Dal, I always say to myself, I wish I could be more like her and do more um, and like be more adventurous. So, (laughs) but uh, you know, for that reason, I'm so excited to have her on. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Michelle so she can uh, surprise us all with her icebreaker. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. Right. No, it's all fun. So you've said Dal and Dallas. Do you prefer Dal or do you prefer Dallas? I feel like Dal is pretty what pretty much what I'm used to, but either way, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Just before I start calling you a nickname that you hate. So, <laughs> all right, Dal. So no, I'm good with that one. You're our first guest, and Dee and I talked about this randomly one night while drinking. I believe we were drinking with Morgan. Um, that when we have guests, we want to start off with just something wacky and something fun. So, I have a random wheel picker on the computer that I'm going to press a button. And it's got some questions like dream adventure. If you had 10 minutes in target and you could get anything, what would you put in your cart? Kind of <laughs> along those lines. So anything oh, goes boy. here. So I'm going to click on it and I really wish I had like little music to go with it, but it doesn't. So and it does actually go for like a hot minute. So, all right, you have $10,000. That you have Ooh. to spend on something fun, fun, not bills. What would you spend it on? Ooh, I like this question. This is actually a really good one. $10,000. I have to spend it. I would probably um, do something like camper van style. Nice. Yeah, so. Um, I did camper van traveling in New Zealand and really fell in love with that kind of style. And I like to be grounded somewhere and I like to have a home, but at the same time, I would also like the ability to like jump in and go. I think that would be really cool. Oh, you're like a girl after my own heart. That is the best use of $10,000. And it's a home too, you know, like you're you're kind of spending it on bills because you're going to live in it. But it's the kind of bill that I totally approve. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like we need to dig more into this <laughs> camper in New Zealand trip. Uh, but before we go crazy on that, um, okay. Michelle, what are we supposed to answer the question, or is this just no, for Dallas? Just her. Everybody already okay, knows perfect. what we. I was like, man. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think anyone wants to hear us talk anymore. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> So I I do want to touch on that New Zealand trip again, because I saw the amazing pictures you took while you were there. But um, before we get too deep into some of your adventures, um, I just wanted our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Um, Can you tell us just like very briefly a little bit about yourself, um, like a little background on where you grew up and what brought you to Arizona? Yeah, for sure. So I was born in Minnesota. And I ended up moving to Arizona with my family and my mom. And I lived in Arizona, went to elementary school, junior high, high school, and then most of college. I went to ASU. My last semester of college, I kind of on a whim ended up in Colorado to do um, my last semester online and an internship in Colorado. And that was kind of my first chance to really spread my wings and get out into the world. So that was a really cool experience. 
And after Colorado for a couple of years, I moved back to Arizona to be close to my family. So I've been in Arizona since then, mostly Chandler and then Gilbert, now Tucson. So kind of all over the place. That's awesome. I didn't actually realize that you, uh, I knew you lived in Colorado, but I didn't realize you were there for like an internship and finishing up your degree. That's awesome. Yeah, I was able to finish my last semester online, which was really cool because it gave me the flexibility to be anywhere and still stay committed to my schoolwork. So that was a really cool experience. That's really cool. Um, so what what internship were you doing there? Was it like anything super fun or was it kind of just like, oh, man, I have a job and I need to do stuff? It was super fun. It was software development and project management which I really loved at the time. Um, I went to school for business management. So getting into, I was in banking at the time and was going to try to, you know, climb the corporate bank ladder and ended up finding this job as a project manager intern and being able to jump into that world. And it was a software development company. So it was a lot of engineers, a lot of really smart people, really, really good conversations and good experience and a really good culture. So that was really cool for me to be a part of. That's awesome. Yeah. And I guess when I think about you, I didn't necessarily think about like project management because I'm like super anal when it comes to planning and doing stuff. And when I look at you, I'm like, oh man, she's she, you're on top of your game, but you're also so much more like spontaneous and exciting. Yeah. Than <laughs> I'm actually so, very terrible at planning, <laughs> but apparently you're really good at it for a job. Yeah. So, so as a job, I feel like when it's assigned to me and it's something that I can learn and apply, then I can excel in that environment of learn something and do something. And when it comes to numbers, I really enjoy working with numbers. So in actually in all areas of my life that are kind of, um, I don't know, chaotic and sporadic, the one thing that I was always really good with organizing was math and numbers. So I guess that played a role. But I think that's really cool to show that you can be this, you know, career driven, very good at planning and project management but then you can also be very spontaneous and adventurous and you can have that balance of both worlds so I think that's a great example thank you yeah Yeah. that's cool because like I'm so bad at that (laughs) so one of the things that I um I wanted to ask you about in speaking of like spontaneity um so one thing that I now know you for is skydiving (laughs) So one day I saw a picture of you doing tandem skydiving on Facebook. And the next thing I knew, I saw that you were doing like solo jumps and you had your own parachute. And I'd love to hear that story about like how you got into skydiving and and what attracted you to that. So I did skydiving as a bucket list item. Like I feel like everybody, well, I mean, maybe not everybody because I actually heard on the podcast, (laughs) I think it was Michelle would would never go skydiving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just over here going she's crazy (laughs) yeah so it was a it was for sure a bucket list item for me you know like one thing to experience and check off and my sister surprised me with this trip to go skydiving I was really cool the way she did it because we went hiking and she was so well at doing this I actually thought it was my idea to go hiking so (laughs) We go out hiking out to Picacho Peak and we start arguing in the car because I'm trying to tell her she's definitely not going the right way. <laughs> and I'm looking out the window and I see somebody skydiving, you know, under a parachute. And I'm like, oh, look, a skydiver. And totally didn't click that that's what we were going to do. Like it really, it really took a minute to figure this out. So we went skydiving for my birthday. That was um, my like birthday bucket list checkoff item. And I fell in love with not so much the adrenaline, which, yes, I'm really drawn to because it's uh, very exciting and very fun. But I went skydiving and I saw all these people 
who were doing something that involves risking your life. Like you're jumping out of a plane. If anything goes wrong, this is your life at stake. And in something that was so serious, I saw this group of people that were quirky and making jokes in the plane and pretending to sleep in the plane or actually sleep in the plane, like just at the point where they just take a nap in the plane on the way up. And I, I kind of felt like I'm, I'm hanging out with these people and something in me was like, I think these are my people. <laughs> That's awesome. Like it's a, it's a very, I can be like a really serious person about life. So for me, it was like, okay, this is a sport that's very serious. You know, people are very committed to this sport because you have to be. You can't, you don't have room for to just go out and have fun and have something go wrong and be complacent. Um, And at the same time, they were having so much fun. And I saw so many different personalities come out. And I just thought, you know, I think I think I want to do this more often. I think this might be my thing. So I started reaching out to a couple of people that I knew just saying, how can I do this more often? And the guy that I knew happened to own a skydiving drop zone. And he said, just send me your credit card information (laughs) and show up on Sunday. Oh man, that is awesome. And like so inspiring because I think you saw something that you liked and you just grabbed it and you ran with it, which is so hard sometimes to do and let yourself like enjoy, you know? Um, so how many, how many jumps do you have under your belt now as a solo jumper? I have 134 jumps total. So that includes my tandems and then my solo jumps. Wow. That's incredible. So I have to, I have to ask though, that first (laughs) time, because this is coming from somebody who I have zero desire to jump out of an airplane. Um, and I don't think you're crazy. I didn't mean it. I, I was joking um, because I, I I think you're crazy, but that's okay. I still, I get, I get it. Um, I, I think I am attracted to the trail running community and the camper van community and that kind of community, because I feel like they're my people too. So I totally get that sometimes you don't, you you know, you can't control, you you know, sometimes they're, they jump out of airplanes too, and they're your people. Um, But I have to ask about that first time, because this is just mind boggling to me. Like, what was it that first time you jumped out besides the people? Like, how did that feel? Like, so for me, I'm one of those people that I actually really um, have always been drawn to heights. Okay. So I was the I was the kid like when we would go out, you know, in in high school or whatever, and young and dumb, I was the person that was like always sitting on the ledge or standing off a ledge or wanting to jump off of a cliff. Um, I, I there's something about the thrill of heights that adrenaline rush that I am really drawn to. And like, I'll stand at the top of a cliff before I jump off, not because I'm scared and I need the courage to jump, but because I love the energy of what I feel in that moment. So going up in the plane ride was a really cool experience. And when the door opened up and we got to stand on the ledge, I did everything I could to take it all in. The skydive was a rush. And then the thing that I had no idea, I was not expecting at all, you do your minute of free fall and then the canopy opens up and it's like everything is quiet. Mm. Like you're floating in water. And I could sit up under this canopy and I could see, you know, all of where we were at in Eloy. I could see Picacho Peak, which is what I thought we would be hiking <laughs> for the day. And I just took a minute to, you know, take in that view and appreciate that view. It, it's very similar to when you you push through a hike because you want to get to that peak. Yeah. You want to get to that amazing view. When you were saying it, that was exactly actually what I was picturing. You know, standing at yep, the top of a peak and seeing that view and that moment of just pure joy of, you know, grinding and, and the world kind of just falls away. So I, that's exactly yep. what I was picturing when you were speaking. And the other thing about skydiving, too, is, you know, when we're out in nature and we're out hiking, it tends to draw you to a place of being very present. Mm -hmm. And with skydiving, it's the same way because, you know, when you exit that airplane and you're in free fall, you have to be so conscious of every single second 
that it really draws you into the space of being present to in that moment of what's going on. Like you, you can't do it thinking about all the other things that are going on throughout the day. You know, that, that gets shelved, that goes away and you get to just be in the moment. And that, that is really cool for me also. Yeah. I think when you find that thing where you can completely zone out and focus just on that, whatever that activity ends up being in your life. Like, I think that's such an amazing moment. Like to me, that was always swimming. Um, when I was growing up, like I did synchronized swimming and swimming and everything. And that like your brain just goes blank and everything like settles in your head and it's quiet, you know, and it it sounds like that's what you're describing as well. And that's just like, so beautiful when you find that thing that you can say, this brings me peace. So yeah, for sure. And a lot of people think of skydiving as the adrenaline rush and doing it for the adrenaline rush. And there is also a very peaceful aspect to it of, of being able to, you know, it feels like you're flying. If you've ever had a dream where you could fly, it feels very similar to that. So almost like being able to have a superpower and then, you know, get the view of the mountains and sometimes the sunset. It's a really beautiful experience. I only ever have dreams that I'm falling downstairs. I've yet to have dreams. (laughs) Really? I thought everyone had dreams that they could fly. I guess that was just me. But I'm not a height. So that that is our difference is when you said you were drawn to heights, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Yep. You know, where I'm drawn to the pines and the mountains and, and those things, that's where I found my peace. So as soon as you said that, I was like, ah, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, I think you, you touched on this a little bit um, and maybe we can dive a little bit into a different um, leg of adventure, but, um, you know, aside from your skydiving, you know, I, I look at you and all the amazing things you do. Like, I think you just did like a Tough Mudder. Um, you did your camper van trip to New Zealand. Uh, you know, you you've hiked Havasupai Falls, I think more than once now. And, you know, I look at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, all these amazing adventures. Um, you know, so what, what inspires you to, to go on those adventures and why is it so important to you to like have an adventure filled life? Well, first of all, thank you. Cause that's really nice of you to say. Um, sometimes I eat, we don't always reflect on our own selves the same way that other people do. So I appreciate hearing that. And I think that's really cool. I think what drew me to it was, um, you know, leaving my, my home in Minnesota that I knew and coming to Arizona and then trying to make a home in Arizona. I, I never really felt at home in Arizona, in Arizona. and that was one of the reasons I moved to Colorado was to kind of try to find, okay, where do I belong? And then I came back to Arizona and it was a, it was one day out with the boys when we were jeeping. And I realized as we were out and we were driving the jeeps through the desert, suddenly everything that I was struggling with in my head or going through at the time was gone. And I was just enjoying being out in that desert. And so from jeeping to all the activities we did out in the desert and then finding hiking and starting to explore that I started to appreciate Arizona and I was like, wow, this is my home and this is beautiful. And there's so much out here to see that you wouldn't expect. And a lot of people don't get to see. And in doing that, I think made me feel more connected to who I was and what I considered my home. And so that that kind of drew drew me out to continue to to do that and continue to discover all these really cool things that the world has to offer. Yeah, that's such a uh, that's such a great like way to look at it too. I mean, we're we're always transplanted somewhere. There's like very few people who are born somewhere and grow up somewhere. And like, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, the same thing for me when I first moved out here to Arizona, it was like, oh, well, cool. Here's a desert. This is great. Um, I don't know anybody. Uh, But yeah, like, adventure is just such a good way to connect with where you're at. And, um, you know, I, I truly like, 
also commend you on, you know, even when you went to New Zealand, you took that whole experience as an adventure as well. And, you know, got your camper van and planned out this amazing, what looked like an amazing trip. Um, where you also like did this slingshot <laughs> thing. I, that was yeah. crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it just seems like you are true to your roots in terms of like finding the best way to learn a place and really take in that um, adventure the best way possible. Um, yeah, that's, that's I awesome. think a lot <laughs> of it too is surrounding yourself with the people that will help you get to where you want to go. So when I started hiking, a lot of it was exploring on my own, looking up, I don't know, Google Maps. And I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I'll go check it out. And being being willing to kind of step out of your comfort zone to get out in the world. And then the things that I didn't know, I started connecting with people who I felt like would inspire me to figure that kind of stuff out. So you know, it kind of goes along with social media and why we follow who we follow. Um, a lot of, a lot of it for me is getting inspiration and information for new things. And then, yeah, just having the courage to say, yeah, let's go do it. And I think that aligns exactly with what we were talking about last week. As you were talking, I was like, yes, preach it, girl, preach it. Um, because for me, sorry, Phoenix is very much wanting my attention. He's standing here whining at me. Um, (laughs) but for me, uh, I want to be part of the trail running community. I'm new to trail running and I'm pulling D along with me like slowly. Um, but I'm starting (laughs) to hang out with people that I can learn from and that can inspire me. You know, I went running with a group on Sunday that, I say running with, but they left me in the dust. Um, But I learned from them. I watch them. And then in turn, you grow. Um, And I follow them on Instagram and get inspired. And by doing those things, you grow in your own self. So by, you know, finding the people that inspire you, you end up learning this whole new side of you. So I was, I was over here doing the whole preach it sister. Yes. And two, I feel like when you look for those kind of things and you practice those kind of things, then you also start to attract those kind of things. So now you're attracting people who are also interested in what you're doing and learning from you. And it just kind of continues to grow and evolve. And And you bring everybody up with you. You know, I, I feel like that happens a lot too, is, you know, as you bring friends with you, their lives change and they grow and, you know, if you surround yourself with people that are constantly wanting to grow, good things are just going to happen and flow. Absolutely. Yeah. So the more I listen to you talk about, um, you know, adventure and kind of how you got into all the things you're doing now, I think the more uh, your current job suits you, like it seems like it fits like a perfect glove. Um, so I think originally when I heard um, you had decided to become a flight attendant, um, I was a little surprised, but, you know, hearing your your explanations for why you do all the adventures you do and how you go about doing them, um, it seems like a pretty perfect fit. Uh, so is is that kind of what drew you to that was the the adventure and meeting new people and and getting to see new places or yeah for sure I mean it's um it's kind of a job that's like an a ad- built-in adventure which is really cool on itself um I did not do the office job very well so I had set out to be a corporate manager somewhere along the corporate ladder and realized that that you know sitting in an office um was not what I wanted to do And I ended up actually kind of on a whim um, in a restaurant and decided, okay, let me just do restaurant work until I find something different for, I don't know, a month, two months. And I ended up being in that restaurant for six years. And the things that really drew me to the restaurant life, um, you know, bartending and serving and being able to meet somebody different and connect with somebody different every day was really cool for me. And I was having a lot of fun doing it. And I, you know, it, it, it became something that I felt like, okay, I'm good at this. I'm making enough money to support myself. But I started to feel like my 
world was bigger than those four walls. It was bigger than those four walls. So I started to look for, okay, what? how can I do something where I can meet different people every day? I can work on my feet, you know, essentially to some degree, not be in an office and um, get to see the world a little bit. So actually, um, after skydiving, I taking such a leap with skydiving, I mean, literally leaping to skydive <laughs> was a really scary experience for me. So when the first day I drove out by myself to start my course to be a solo skydiver, I was so scared. I felt like I made the worst decision of my life. But I had already paid for it on my credit card. So I was like, well, I guess I should just show up. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth yeah. is, I always say. <laughs> so I knew in that moment, I knew driving out there for that first day, this is either going to be one of the best decisions I've ever made, or it's going to be the worst decision I've ever made. And taking on skydiving and learning how to jump out of a plane and getting that feeling of spreading my wings, literally being able to fly was such a good experience for me. I reflecting on that experience, I asked myself, where else in life can I push myself to be outside of my comfort zone and make not necessarily a change, but um, kind of push myself in that similar way. And for me at that time was in my job, I had become very comfortable doing what I was doing. But I knew ultimately that wasn't what I wanted to do forever. So I kind of applied the same thinking like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable and this is going to be scary. And we're going to go for it because it's going to be rewarding. I love that because I think that's the adventure girl creed. I think both Dee and I talk about that a lot that, you know, life, you have to, to truly live. You have to push outside your comfort zone. And I know both her and I have done that with our, our jobs and maybe not in changing jobs, but within standing up for boundaries that we need in our job or things that we need from our managers within jobs. I mean, I went to a remote position, which was like a huge change for me so that I could chase more adventures. Um, but that you're right. That is truly where living is. And you figured it out on your skydive that you made it through. You might have been super, super scared, but not only did you make it through, but you loved yeah. it and you thrived. And that was a lesson that you could take into the rest of your life. Yep. Yeah, I feel like the things that challenge us the most are the things that we are rewarded from or ultimately what makes us grow. Yeah, shape us, change us. That's so true. And I think like through all of that growth um, and those challenges, like one of the things that I think we also develop within ourselves is a lot of resilience. And I think, you know, when I look at you, Dal, I really see um, like the definition of resilience. Um, I know you've been through many different challenges in your life and many different um you know, adventures and, and from ups and downs and everything. But when I look at you, you always just have like the most beautiful smile on your face. You're always planning your next big adventure. Um, you're always there for your friends. And I'm always like, damn, Aww. like this last girl is like so absolutely resilient. And, you know, I, I wanted to ask you just maybe a little bit of a deeper question is like, how do you stay so strong through so much adversity in your life and, and, um, you know, what can you share maybe with our listeners, something that they can work on or look into about building resilience in their life as well? That's really sweet. Thank you. So for me, it's, it's, it's hard to say kind of where exactly that came from, but at a very young age, I was 15 years old when my dad passed away. And I think I had already kind of become or was growing into this resilient person, but having to face such a tragedy at where I was at in my life, um, face it and get through it and come out the other side. You know, my mom and I talk about this sometimes of, of how we're all grateful that we made it through, but my mom will say to us, my sisters and I, you guys 
faced and you went through and you made it out the other side of probably the hardest thing that you'll have to do in your life. So anytime I'm going through something, I feel like I just remind myself I've, you know, I, I've been through tougher and for me, you know, giving up or not pushing through to the other side is just not an option. You know, we've got one life to live. And as long as you've got another day ahead of you, you have infinite amount of possibilities and things that you can stand for and things that you can create and a life that you can choose to live. So I think just being present to that choice and not allowing yourself to give up. And this is translated to like hiking because of course I'm not good at planning. So here's me lost in the superstition wilderness. And again, it just came down to in that moment of being so lost and confused and I don't give up and I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to get myself out of it because for me, there's no other option. Thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. I mean, absolutely. I cannot imagine losing a parent at my age and let alone at 15. Um, so your mom's words were, they're making me teary. Uh, um, yeah. Truly, your mom sounds like an amazing woman as well. She's an angel. To, to, to be able to take something that was destroying her as well and, and teaching her children something beautiful from it. Um, and now recognizing you, you said something that I want people to catch. It's a choice. You make a choice in how you respond and how you attack life and how you behave in what, in what you do in your life. Every day is a choice. You can either rise up and thrive or you can complain or you can give up or you can blame other people. Um, and I think that is the moral of the story is it's a choice. It's you choose to move on. You choose to take a step forward, no matter what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and make it out on the other side. For sure. And it, it also comes down to, you know, we, as humans, as individuals, we don't have all the answers and we never will. But I think being strong enough and having the courage to surround yourself Surround yourself with good people. You know, I feel like you are who you are surrounded by. So, so you know, keeping that in mind when you're when you're building your community and and you're going after the things that you want, pay attention to the to who's around you. And then along those lines, it's being able to have those very honest conversations with that support circle to be able to say, "I'm going through something and I need support." because I don't think that we're meant to do it on our own. And I think that makes a really big difference. For sure. That's why I feel very blessed to have the LED <laughs> that is on this phone. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I couldn't have said that better myself. And I think sometimes we try to take the weight of the world on our shoulders and we kind of shy away from sharing like problems and issues we might be facing and need support from our support system from. But I think one thing that I have learned only recently, so this is something I've struggled with a lot, is like letting yourself yep. be open and seek that support system and lean into it because that's what what that's what friends are for. That's what our families are for. Um, you know, and I think when you allow yourself to do that is when you really, you know, you really can help yourself move forward in a lot of these situations is by, by leaning on the, that support system that will in return, like help lift you back up. So that was a hard one for me to swallow because I was always, you know, thinking that <laughs> got to keep all this stuff inside, got to like deal with my problems by yeah. myself. And then it's like, it is not the right way to do it. The people around you are there because they want to help you through your good and your bad. Yeah. So that's, I created like this really weird analogy and I don't know if this is going to fit. Um, but in my head, it sounded really good. You know, I've been going through some stuff this weekend and just reaching out to a couple people and feeling, you know, so much support right away 
it made me realize sometimes, okay, so you might have a friend who's really, really, really good at knitting sweaters and just wants to knit sweaters for the entire world and they're beautiful and they're magical and they only want to share their sweaters with everybody. And you'll never be able to enjoy the sweater if you never admit to being cold. Oh, I like it. Oh, I love that. So I what, was wondering where you were going, quite <laughs> honestly. I was like, where is she yeah, going yeah. with this? But I love that, that you have to admit sometimes that you need help. We all do sometimes. Yeah. Um, and what a beautiful gift your friend could give you if you only let them know you need it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want hey, a sweater. I have a sweater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and I think, too, I know you guys so, have touched on, um, you know, mental health a little bit. And I think that flows right into social media and kind of where we sit with the world right now. You know, social media is social media. And I promise you what is on my Instagram is not my real life. And that's OK. You know, we've all kind of come to terms and accept that I'm showcasing, you know, some of my most beautiful, prideful pictures that I really enjoy sharing. And I think that's okay and to also be able to have the courage when you do sit down with your friends and you do sit down with the people closest to you to be able to have those honest vulnerable conversations of you know this is what I'm going through so that you can have that support system always sometimes I reach out to people when I need help and they're like oh yeah look at you living your best life and I'm like no actually you know maybe I'm going through something right now so having the courage to be able to have those conversations when you need to have those conversations kind of offsets these social media imbalance we've got going on. And I think it's beautiful now that a lot of people are starting to really recognize the social media imbalance. Um, there's been a lot of really strong influencers who have been like, no, 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 no. This yep. isn't how real life is. Um, but it still is a carefully curated message. Even when I'm vulnerable on mine and I'm pretty darn open on mine, it's still curated. It's not my brokenness. My full brokenness is not sitting out there for the world to see. Um, you know, I, I share that to people who love me in, in, in private. Um, so that's just a good message to remember that even when people are being vulnerable, it's, it's not the fool. It's not the full story. That yep. that's that's reserved for friends and family and loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been sharing a lot with us, Dallas, and and we really appreciate that. But I want to uh, maybe bring things back a little bit more on the lighthearted side and give you a quick break from our uh, <laughs> interrogations. Uh, so uh, I'd love to hear about uh, like your most favorite adventure. Maybe that's incredibly hard to pick and you have to pick a couple based on like various things, which we're okay with. But can you tell us a little bit about um, like your favorite adventure that you have had or just something that's like incredibly memorable to you? Okay, so I'm going to do three and I'll do them really quick so that they don't take up too much time. There's a place in Arizona and here I go. I'm going to give away one of my favorite spots, but I want to share with the world. (laughs) It's called Aztec Peak and I found it on a whim one day. And I went out and I checked it out, and it has been one of my most beautiful, favorite um, spots to get away to. Um, so along with that, I, I would just like to say, you know, there's a lot of really popular spots to get to. And kind of some of the fun is being able to find your own places and kind of, you know, some of the things that people don't know about, you get to experience in a different way. Um, that and then, of course, Havasu Pie. I've actually done Havasu Pie three different times. Um, it is as amazing and even more than it looks. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people kind of have their own opinions on how touristy it's gotten and how crowded it's gotten. But I would say a hundred percent, if you ever get the opportunity to go, don't pass it up because it is, it's amazing. It's, and it's a cool experience to be able to (laughs) hike your own gear in, which I really recommend doing. It's part of the experience. Hike your gear in camp for three or four days and hike out and definitely no regrets there ever I would do it every year if I could and then of course number three New Zealand (laughs) 
I've been waiting for this. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to like yeah. it. Yeah. So New Zealand kind of, of course, like many other things in my life happened on a whim. I had a friend reach out to me and say she wanted to celebrate her birthday and fly to another country. I asked if I would want to go and, you know, throughout New Zealand. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Tell me when. So we set out to plan this New Zealand adventure. We, we, we were lucky we were able to use a lot of blog posts on camper van traveling through New Zealand. So we had a pretty good guide of what to expect. And honestly, just kind of went for it. So we flew into Auckland. We picked up a camper van. We drove it North Island all the way down to take a ferry over to the South Island. We did as much of South Island as we could on the very limited time we had because truly you can spend like eight weeks in New Zealand and see something different every day. And then we dropped off our camper van and flew back to the States. <laughs> what was your favorite part about that? I know that's, that's a huge question to ask, but you just said you could spend eight days there. So if you could only go back to do one thing that you did from that trip, what would you do? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to pick one thing that I would do because I think my favorite part of it was the experience of the camper, like the, the camper van travel. <laughs> That's fair. And it was cool because it was like equal parts adventure and learning and growing experience. Cause this was something that I had never done before living, you know, in this close quarters with somebody who wasn't a significant other getting to know, uh, a very good friend in that close environment, you know, dealing with each other's own, you know, things of living space and how that works and being able to just drive and go. And we had a pretty good plan, but a lot of it, you know, where we ended up, we ended up. And it was a really good way to see the country, a really good way to get to know each other and ourselves a little bit. And overall, just a really good learning and um, really cool adventure, of course. I mean, there was so much to see. Did you do a Tim Tam Slam? I have to ask because I dated someone who told me all about them in New Zealand and camper van life. What? I don't know what a Tim Tam Slam is. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to do it the next time I see Oh, it. Tim Tam. So a Tim Tam Slam. And yeah. you can find this on a ton of New Zealand camper van blogs. They're the cookies. And you bite a little bit off of the opposite corners and then you can like drink coffee through it and you drink it till you like get the coffee in your mouth and then you put the cookie in your mouth and it's supposed to dissolve like instantaneously well I do love coffee <laughs> so I have to say I would be down to try that <laughs> I will get us some Tim Tams and we will do a Tim Tams <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah they're like Tim Tams so my my roommate in college, um, who was also like my maid of honor, Heather, she's from Australia. Um, so she would bring back like a luggage of Tim Tams every time she went home. So when he said Tim Tams, I was like, ah, oh. yeah. I've so Tim Tams. they all think they only recently yeah, just came not out. not the Tim Tam Slam. I've not done the Tim Tam Slam. I feel like it needs to be like a group thing now and it needs to go on the Instagram um, because it's supposed to be epic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the next time we see <laughs> Dallas in person, the three of us are doing a Tim Tam Slam. Yeah. So you better be ready with a box of Tim Tam. Oh, always, I love this. I can't wait. You can always count on me to bring it back to like cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Sorry, so I <laughs> sorry. You threw me off with the Tim Tams yeah, there, sorry. man. I derailed the conversation. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, I'm excited to try something new now. <laughs> I love how like Dallas is talking about all these adventures. Like, yeah, I was in a camper van. We're like, have you tried trying <laughs> a cookie with coffee? Well, it's an iconic thing with the camper van life. That truly is a thing. Like if you Google Tim Tam Slam, you will get like New Zealand and camper van life and vlogs on you on YouTube. So I'm not totally crazy. But I just had to ask because I've never met someone who's done one. And I want to know, like, I want to know in person if it's as amazing as it's supposed to be. See, when you said slam, I was thinking you're going to have to, like, suck a shot through it. I mean, we or something. could. Like, you went pretty light with I, the coffee. I, I, we could. 
Oh man. But uh, yeah, I mean, so Havasu Pine definitely on my bucket list. I mean, New Zealand, whose bucket list isn't New Zealand on. So I'm just going to keep watching you and like vicariously <laughs> through your adventures and hopefully get to do some of those myself one day too. So man, that's awesome. I need a camper van now. It needs to be like our camp, uh, little camp toy that we have. But yeah. $10,000 would be nice right yeah. about now. I just don't know where the 10,000 is coming from. That's not in the show. Budget. Sorry. I feel like I could get a camper van for 10,000. I, we just need to start asking for sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Sponsors. We are here. We are here sponsors. That's awesome. Well, Dallas, um, you know, before we wrap up, I uh, want to ask you one more question. And I'll throw it back to Michelle if she has anything else to ask you as well. But um, what advice would you give a new adventurer? Um, what What would you tell them uh, about starting out their adventure life? I would say just go. You know, you don't have to pick a difficult hike. You don't have to pick something that you're uncomfortable with. But just getting outside, even if it's for a walk, can make a huge difference on, you know, being able to, okay, today I did this and maybe next time I'm going to try something a little more challenging. Um, But there's really no way to figure it out until you get out there and really just start going for it. And And I think, too, you know, the idea of adventure, I think you guys have touched on this before. The idea of adventure doesn't have to be a certain thing for, you know, it doesn't just cover one certain thing. It doesn't mean camping at Havasu Pai and it doesn't mean going to New Zealand. It's kind of what you make of it. And it really just comes down to connecting in the moment and connecting back to nature and the gratitude that we feel out in nature. You know, there's no, I was reading a book that talked about there's no judgment in nature. You know, you don't sit down and say, wow, this waterfall would look so much prettier if it was like a little bit to the left. (laughs) You know, you you get out there and you just have an overwhelming sense Mm -hmm. of gratitude for the world. And I think that starts to transcend inward over time. But, you know, if you're not out hiking, have a supai adventure can be as simple as turning on your favorite song and dancing around the house or going for a walk around the neighborhood and discovering something you've never seen before or taking a bike ride to your favorite coffee shop. I think kind of anything that just draws us away from settling into a life where we just kind of go through the motions, you know, find what sets your soul on fire. And if you haven't found it, keep looking because those things are out there and those things are worth living for. So whatever adventure means to you, you know, Go for it. Live in that moment and take that on. Absolutely beautifully said. You could be the trailer for this entire Thank show. You. You're amazing. Oh. Yeah, I know. Seriously, no, though. You're amazing. So what, to wrap this whole thing up, I have to ask, what's your next adventure? Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you have, well, besides <laughs> flight attendant, uh, what is, what's the next thing on your list? You know, I try to hike um, once a week, so continuing to discover Tucson and the area around me, that's always, you know, something that I'm that I'm doing. But I would say for a, for a big adventure, um, possibly looking at Alaska for the summertime. That's something I haven't done yet. And then I didn't go for Havasu Pai this year um, for my own reasons, but I would really like to try Rim to Rim. I've done have a supply. I've never done rim to rim. So I think that would be something that I take on. If you ever do ping me, my brother's done it a few times. So we can, he can give you some tips. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's got, he's got all the tips for that one. Um, he's done rim to rim and then rim to rim to rim. So yeah, all the tips. That's so cool. <laughs> he's also going to have a supply in <laughs> or this year. So um, he's, Yay. yeah, he's just right there. Right. Swap tips. Right. Yeah, for sure. Let me know. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Um, so you mentioned Instagram earlier. Um, I I should have cleared this with you first. Can our followers find you? Are you private? Do you want to share it in case they want to check out your adventures? 
Yeah, for sure. So I, um, my Instagram is my first name, Dallas, and my middle name, Jean, D-A-L-I-C-E-J-E-A-N. That's it. It's pretty simple. It's, I'm pretty passionate about, we didn't um, super touch on this, but um, photography and hiking and pretty much anything that'll, um, that'll get you excited. That'll get you outside. So So basically she's saying people, she has amazing people or pictures to go look at and I will link her Insta below. Yes, she does. uh, (laughs) Thank you. You guys can go follow and look at her awesome pictures and cheer her on and, uh, follow along when she goes to Alaska. I'll be following along crying because I'm not there with you. Um, no. <laughs> that's my bucket list one um but thank you so much for this for um, sure I I feel like I got to be the listener today and just take it in um because you and I aren't as close as you and DR um so thank you for your time for being our first I hope we weren't super painful for you um we're getting there, <laughs> we're getting there. um no, I loved it. I I can't remember how I came across your guys' podcast because I did not know about it. And I started listening to it and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, truly. I love Aww, it. I love you. everything you guys touch on. You know, it's adventure and mental health. And then you throw in, like, the research and the statistics <laughs> and the helpful tips. So <laughs> it's really cool. It's just a, you, just, yeah. you just made my month. Thank you so very much for that. Um, and that means, that truly means the world to uh, both of us. So thank you. Yes, yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. I was really excited to be a part of this. Well, we can't thank you enough. Um, thank you so much for being our first guest and sharing um, so much with our listeners. And for our listeners, again, make sure you go check her out and look at her amazing pictures that she's posted recently of New Zealand as well. So um, thank you again, Dallas, so much. And uh, cheers to many more adventures Thank you, to guys. Come. I, I appreciate this a lot. Right. Thank you. Thanks. See you guys next week. Bye.